We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you by RotoQL. Welcome back, Dynasty Tradecast Nation. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm here with my good friend, Nathan Powell. This is not, as always, Eric Bertzloff. This is, as mostly, uh, the FF Salamander Dan Sanio. Nathan, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing well. I didn't know we had a nation. Like I knew we had listeners. Um, nation. I didn't know 12 people constituted a nation. Yep, no, our our uh, listener base is actually the same size as a small island uh, off of Hawaii. So oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> well, welcome everybody. Uh, tonight we are going to be talking a whole mess of preseason items, things like the OBJ uh, extension, some injuries to folks like Alshon Jeffrey, Marquise Lee. And then we'll talk about some lesser interesting folks, maybe a little Alfred Morris action, Ryan Switzer. Uh, and we'll also talk a little bit about Doug Baldwin. There's kind of some mixed reports going around there. And Sony Michelle back at practice. So we'll kind of cover all the bases, get some dynasty value into you folks, and hopefully help you out uh, in the coming days or, you know, coming years. Who knows? Who knows? Sometimes, sometimes it can help for the long haul. Uh, Nathan, are you ready for this? Yes, uh, this is the first ever tag team edition of the Nice Tradecast. Dan will be here the entire time. I will be here for the next 30 minutes exactly. And then Eric might show up in 30 minutes. He's like eating some like corn right now. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> He's gnawing on a cob currently. <laughs> Not even any corn on it. <laughs> there you go. So he should be here, you know, priority straight. All right, but before we get started, I just want to give you all a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show, answering all of your fantasy questions. 
Uh, patronships start at just $5 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts, that includes us, for just $5. Obviously, we're still going to be you know, listenable no matter what, but we're in there and you can help us out. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality, industry-leading programming. Speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get a 30% off Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. The season is almost here. Make sure you're ready. Gain limited access to all of our NFL content and tools so you get amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, that's amazing. Uh, that Once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast. It's also amazing. But it's also that, that, amazing. It that, wasn't amazing. In the, that wasn't in the read, but you know. <laughs> You weren't wrong. You were not wrong. All right, let's dive into it. We're going to start with the big news, the Odell Beckham Jr. or OBJ. If you call him ODB, I will disown you. I will shun you. I will do all of those things to you. Uh, The big extension, five years, 95 million. Is that what I remember seeing and something like 60 million guaranteed? Yeah, it was somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Around those those numbers. Um, But, you know, from a fantasy perspective, we don't really care about, like, obviously the the bigger it is, the the more likely that the team has a commitment to them and they're going to use them long term. But those aren't really issues you worry about with the Odo Beckham Jr. type talents. Um, But what this does do is it makes me punch a wall because the Giants didn't draft uh, Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold. Um, Because if they had drafted a quarterback instead of Saquon Barkley, then – they'd be in a much better position to have the future of Odell Beckham Jr. in a safe position. Now, I'm not saying Odell is going to go into a situation where Fitzgerald had like the Ryan Lindley's of the world, but there is, you know, the risk of Eli being really bad and that can certainly hurt uh, Odell's value. And then there really isn't a quarterback of the future there. There's Kyle Lilletta, there's Davis Webb, but I think that they still are an early quarterback investment away from having a clear future with Odell Beckham at, uh, in the offense. Yeah, and Odell's one of those one of those very very few wide receivers that uh, you know it, no matter the quarterback they're they're going to they're going to be elite they're going to produce when on the field. Um, so I mean he he's definitely QB proof. Obviously we've seen him if anything make Eli Manning better. Uh, his there's been all sorts of stuff all over Twitter from uh, the smart folks of Twitter talking about how many more fantasy points per per game Eli scores. It's something like seven fantasy points, maybe eight fantasy points per game. Uh, Eli Manning being better with Odell in, in there. So uh, we know that, that Odell is going to get his no matter what. Obviously, you'd like to see him tied to one of those younger guys for the foreseeable future. But again, with a, with a transcendent talent, it, it really, like you said, Nathan, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change much of our dynasty perspective. Um, he's still a top one, two, three asset. It kind of depends on how you how you're feeling about everything. Um, but yeah, you just you can't you can't take him out of that out of that top tier for really any reason, even if Eli Manning is completely terrible. Now we haven't we have, I think he had one suspension based off of an on the field incident with a fight, I believe. But there have been you know rumblings off the field, but nothing drug related has really come up officially. Do you, do we have any worries about Odo Beckham? becoming an off-the-field issue, maybe a little bit more money, maybe something like that, or is that just overthinking it at the nice game? I think it's overthinking. I, I, I think he's he's one that gets more frustrated by not winning, whether it's not winning a route, not not winning at, you know, the the catch. I, I, he, he doesn't seem like he's – I mean, he kind of has that wide receiver, like prima donna type of mentality – um, but at the same time, he just, it looks like he gets frustrated when the team isn't doing well. And when ma- he maybe loses a battle with whether it's Josh Norman or another cornerback who, I mean, he's pretty much torched everyone else except for Josh Norman. Um, so I, I just, I don't really see any big glaring issues with Odell, uh, for a little while. I know there was a lot of worry about the, the soft tissue stuff and, and I, I just, you know, even if you're getting 13 or 14 games out of him, he's worth every penny because he's going to win you weeks, just like those other top assets are. Uh, you can build up around him as best you can, but knowing that he's your one true elite asset, it's going to help you week in and week out. So now I don't have any worries about uh, any suspensions or, or you know, kind of just being a little bit of a head case. I, I kind of like that. I think it makes him a little more competitive. All right, let's wrap up the WJ discussion with a little bit of Giants talk. I feel like one of the bigger talking points from the redraft industry lately has been the fact that 
Evan Ingram has a high ADP. Odell Beckham Jr. has high ADP. And even Sterling Shepard has an ADP and, you know, the the high double digits, even maybe sinking into the ninth round in some leagues. Um, does this mean we should be buying into Eli Manning, or does this mean that the weapons are being a little bit overpriced? I think because of Eli's price, I mean, you kind of have to, right? He's he's. This is probably the best the best group of talent he's had ever. Uh, you know, you maybe think back to like the Plaxico Burris years when Plax was there, and maybe a couple of those other guys that helped out, and when and Tiki Barber. <laughs> I noticed that is that the last running back he had. Um, this this is a special group, and I don't think. Eli is even remotely decent as a football player. Um, health is his biggest attribute. Uh, he is one of the you know the NFL's Iron Men. So uh, aside from that, he doesn't really have much to offer. And I think we've seen that. Yes, that team's bad and it's been bad, but a, a good quarterback should be able to do something really, no matter what they're surrounded with. So I think if anything, Eli is the main benefactor here. Uh, I think just about everyone except for Odell in that offense is overpriced because we know Odell's going to get his. Uh, we can assume that Barkley's going to get his. I just, the way, the way he's being drafted, it's, it's crazy to me. And we're not getting, we're not getting the blurbs like we're getting with guys like Nick Chubb and Rashad Penny and whether it's negative or positive, we don't hear a word about Saquon Barkley. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. Maybe it doesn't matter. Um, I, I just, this is, this is for me uh, fade most everybody. I think Sterling Shepard's still in a decent spot where you might be able to buy him um, for a little less than where his ADP is at, but pretty much everybody else you have to pay top dollar to go get. And I mean, for what it's worth, they're all basically elite assets at their position. Evan Ingram's kind of right on the outside of that tier of being elite, but because of his age, uh, if you're in a tight end premium league, you pretty much have to pay elite prices to go get him. Yeah, I think that Eli this year is one example in Dynasty Superflex of a quarterback that normally if a guy has a starting job in Superflex, they're going to have a pretty high value, a guy that most most of the time you can't get him for less than a first-round rookie pick. But I think that in most scenarios, unless the guy with Eli Manning only has like two quarterbacks, I think he's a very viable player, a guy that you can get for like a late second or like an early third and a late third. He's a guy, yes, his range of outcomes are – you know, absolutely terrible ruins the offense and all those guys don't live up to their ADPs or he just uses his weapons correctly. And he ends up out um, far surpassing that price. So I, I think that if you're, you know, dumpster diving at the quarterback position, particularly the old quarterback position, I think Eli is a good shot in the dark this year. Yeah. I think, I think you can basically chalk him up for, for a QB two season, mid QB two, late QB two season. Uh, and his current price tag, you really can't beat that. So, um, okay. Enough about the New York giants. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles. We're keeping it, keeping it in the NFC East, but moving to the Super Bowl champions, defending Super Bowl champions and the Alshon Jeffrey injury. Now, uh, he's placed on the pup list. He'll obviously be coming back. We just don't really know when we don't know what to expect. And there's still some, some folks there that can make an impact. Obviously you've got Zach Ertz, um, draft pick Dallas Goddard. And then you have Nelson Aguilar, Mike Wallace, that backfield, whether it's Corey Clement, Jay Ajayi, uh, even Darren Sproles, I think is going to have some relevance this season. So uh, Nathan, who do you think benefits the most from Alshon being out? If anyone, and do you think maybe Alshon is still kind of a buy at this point? Well, I'll start off by saying Alshon injury victory lappers. There are a number of them on Twitter who basically, <laughs> basically they, they say they don't, they didn't like Alshon, and so whenever he gets injured, like, oh, he got injured again. So I, I'm glad I didn't buy or I'm glad I sold. You guys are the worst. Like no, no one, no one cares about you selling a player or buying a player based off an injury. Yada yada yada. So, uh, but just the outlook of the Eagles' offense in the short term. I think that Nelson Aguilar has quietly been one of the better buys of the offseason. I don't think he's a guy we've talked about a bunch here, but he broke out. He had a breakout season in 2017, and his price doesn't really reflect it. Yes, it's not as low as it was last year, but it doesn't reflect the price of a guy who had an 800 yard season and like six to seven touchdowns. So, and has one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. So, there are a number of factors that make Nelson Aguilar an attractive buy. And the fact that he's the wide receiver one in that offense for the, at least the short term and possibly the long term if Alshon doesn't get healthy. So he's a guy that you could probably get for like a mid first, late first type, maybe even cheaper, maybe a couple early seconds. So I, I think he's 
another player who you can acquire pretty easily if you just give the right assets. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I think my main worry uh, is that Peterson goes to a two tight end look. I think they, I think they went out and, and drafted Dallas Goddard because they believe that he is um, one of the better tight end talents coming into the league. And I think, I, I think they can do a lot with him. Uh, I think if you split him with Ertz and you get a speed guy like like Wallace on the outside, that kind of takes away a lot of Nelson Aguilar's work. He worked primarily as a slot receiver. Um, most all of his production came from that spot. I think he only had something like 60 yards and no touchdowns or anything like that from the non-slot position. So um, I think they like working him from there, whether they split Goddard out or keep him in line, whether they split Ertz out and keep him in line. I think I think both of those guys are capable of doing both of those things. So as much as I want to say that a few games of Aguilar having the wide receiver one targets, I don't think it's going to be much more than eight, maybe 10 in those games. Again, you're talking about an elite defense. That's probably not going to have to be passing a ton, especially early on. Uh, If this was like a later in the season thing, when they're kind of forced to, to win games, if they're behind or whatever it happens to be uh, and they need to throw the ball, I think at that point it would mean a little bit more for Aguilar, but right now um, to kind of get their, get that engine going a little bit. I think they'll lean on those tight ends and maybe lean on the running game a little bit um, and kind of let Wentz get, no pun intended, get his legs back underneath him, uh, assuming he's good to go right away. And I think he will be. I don't think there's any issues there. Um, so, I mean, I still think Aguilar is probably slightly underpriced, but at the same time, having two two good tight ends in there kind of, kind of scares me away uh, just because that's a lot of underneath work that, that he maybe not necessarily isn't going to get because now you've got two big bodies in there. Plus once Alshon's back to go up, uh, especially in red zone and, and all of that. So I, I don't know. I, I, I want to say that Aguilar is a good buy just because Jeffrey's out, but at the same time, it, it just kind of doesn't feel like a clean, a clean win. Yeah, and if you can't stomach the Aguilar price, the price of Mike Wallace is much more palatable, where he's basically free. I mean, I, I, I'd assume when it comes to roster cut down time, he's going to be the, the 23rd, 24th guy on your roster. And if someone's desperate to make a cut, you can say, hey, I'll give you a third for Wallace, and that's going to get it done most of the time. So I, I think that uh, we, we, obviously we say this all the time with guys like Mike Wallace and Sean Jackson. Well, in a best ball, he's a great option. Yeah. It, it's true. Like Wallace is going to be productive, obviously, more so with, with Alshon out. But when he gets back, I think guys, you still see Wallace get a few games of like four catches for 80 yards and a touchdown type game. So. I think that this is going to be a solid season for Wallace and, you know, he's in a better offense than he was last year in Baltimore. I think, I think he's going to be even slightly more relevant than just best ball relevancy. I think you're going to get six, maybe eight games of usable uh, output, especially considering how much better Carson Wentz got from year one to year two down the field passing. We saw him work so well with Alshon and Alshon's primarily targeted, you know, 14, 15, 16 yards down the field. Uh, sometimes further than that. And, and, you know, that's that's where Wallace excels. So you get that deep ball going. Um, Wallace on the outside mixed with all of those underneath and slot options, that's, that's kind of a, a scary offense. And then obviously once they get Alshon back, now you kind of you, you have a top-end defense and you have an offense that looks to be scary. I think the only thing they're lacking is a real running game. Um, but I think with their four-headed backfield that they're going to go into the season with, maybe three-headed, uh, I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll be mildly productive, nothing crazy, nothing really worth having. Uh, I think what you want is to have a piece of this passing offense, whether it's starting with Wentz, uh, even though his price is pretty high, uh, or sliding down into the Mike Wallace territory. So, um, Nathan, anything more on the Philly, Philadelphia Eagles? Well, the only real thing would be uh, the the take I saw a lot on Twitter was that this was going to give Goddard all the red zone targets, all the red zone touchdowns, things like that. And while I invested a decent amount of Goddard in that like 301 to 303 range of rookie drafts, if I can sell, like if I can do like Goddard in a third or Goddard in two thirds for a first next year, I'm doing that every day and twice on Sunday. I I just don't think that just one injury, one like short term injury is going to vault him into, you know, a starting role in the offense. I do think he still has a bit of a waiting game behind Ertz. Yes, Ertz has injuries as well. But at the same time, it's still like, a guy who was a second round NFL draft pick tight end. Like for a guy to me, like to me to really fall in love with a tight end, he's got to go in the first and not be Hayden Hurst. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's bad. And, and I honestly, I think the same, uh, you know, the, that same uh, line can be used for Nelson Aguilar. If somebody's coming out willing to pay, you know, a little bit higher prices for him, I, I think you make that move as well. I think if you can get yourself into an actual wide receiver too, um, which I've started to see a little bit. I, I've gotten some DMs. I've seen a few dynasty trades pass through the timeline uh, where Aguilar is being moved around for guys like Marvin Jones, which that to me seems like an easy upgrade. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Um, so I think I think if you can get out of maybe those lesser options at an inflated price, I think that makes a ton of sense. So let's move on to our Jacksonville Jag viewers. Now, I, I always struggle with this. Thankfully, though, we do have someone here that can correct on, is it is it Jaguars? Is it Jag... You know, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eric Burtzloff. Oh, yes, it's Jaguars. Um, all right, everybody, and welcome <laughs> back to the Dynasty Tradecast. As always, I'm – oh, wait, not the intro? Okay, no, I had a joke, too. No, we're way past that. We're just ah, we're working, ah. we're working on Jaguars. Hi, everybody. I'm back. He made it, folks. He was gnawing on corn, and and he's made. He's here. He's here. Ah, wait, gnawing on – what am I, a raccoon? What was, was I doing? Just, you'll figure it out during editing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right, uh, Eric. So we've covered uh, Odell Beckham. We've covered Alshon and the Eagles. Now we are moving into Jacksonville with Marquise Lee on IR. So now we have to turn. Or for Nathan. Saddest day for Nathan. Saddest of days. Now we have to turn our heads to uh, Don't Moncrief. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, DJ Chark. (laughs) (laughs) Dee Dee Westbrook. Keelan Cole. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins, maybe even a little Niles Paul action happening. Who knows? Leonard Fournette, TJ Yeldon, Corey Grant. How about Are you naming this? all the Jaguars? Like, what's yes, <laughs> I am because now they're Jalen all... Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe. <laughs> Please, they're all slightly more relevant now that their number one receiver is out. Eric, since you just have to be dying to give a take, what are we doing in Jacksonville? And who steps up now that Marquise Lee? is deceased for 2018. Yeah, I mean, I think it just opens. I think I think you had Lee, Westbrook, and Cole pretty much on the same tier there. And removing one of those pieces kind of unclouds that mystery in my eyes. And I think it's now Westbrook and Cole more uh, more obviously this particular season. Um, again, your don't Moncrief is, is probably the most accurate thing I've ever heard. I'm, so He's got don't right in his name. How is this not it. obvious to people? Yeah, it's one apostrophe away. Again, same <laughs> draft value like two years ago as T.Y. Hilton. I just want to point that out. You people are insane. So ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, so for me, it does. I think Westbrook and Cole are the pieces to own in the immediate future. Um, and then Chark is somebody that interests me in the long term. He's flashed a bit. Looks good on special teams, whatever. Um, hasn't looked good in spots. Um, he's another guy that just has those measurables that are so exciting. So he's a guy that could break out and like break the top off the offense um, that we might see happen. But those are the three players that interest me. Again, Moncrief, not, not really that interesting. And I don't know. I don't know if Lee is going to come back. I, I forget what his contract is with the, ja- the Jaguars. But all right. Well, then he'll be back. Yes. Uh I, yes, I may be pouring one out for all my Marquise Lee shares, but you know what I have more than more than Marquise Lee shares is DJ Chark shares. I have him in like every single dynasty league. Whoa, so, you're burying the lead here? Yeah, I thought you hated Chark. No, why would I hate a player that was drafted in the second round of the NFL draft? Okay, just making drafted sure. in second round, going like third round in rookie drafts, which got yes. a little bit a little bit crazy point. I even got a couple of shares. Guys, guys, I was barking up this tree during rookie. No, right, all right, go you ahead. Were. I'm just you actually were. hashtag mad online right now. Go ahead. I think I think you were peak pre p draft. I think it was pre draft when you were talking about that, and I, I didn't care about him until he got drafted in the second round of the draft. So was that the guy <laughs> that you said was AJ Green light? No, no, that, no that uh, was James Washington. Washington. Okay, just making sure. Wait till he wait till he's elite elite talent in the league. <laughs> Come back All and right, talk Nathan. to me. Takes. All right, t- takes. Uh, I think that Keelan Cole ends up leading this offense in targets. We talked about that was likely going to be Lee a few months ago. So I think that Cole leads the team in targets. I think that Chark leads the team in yards per target. And I think Westbrook and Moncrief battle for the, the red zone targets. And I'm kind of inclined to say your, your, your boy don't might lead the team in red zone touchdowns, but I could be wrong. Wow. You'd have to be able to catch them first, which 
I mean, he's he's great at at stat lines of twelve, two for twelve and two TDs. He's terrific at those stat lines. Well, as the great Rich Rebar once said, he's a glorified tight end, and they already have a good tight end uh, in Austin Safarian Jenkins, and I think he is going to be the main benefactor here because they have one of the worst, if not the worst, quarterback in the NFL uh, who can hardly hit the broadside of a barn. So hyperbolic. Austin Safarian Jenkins is about the size of a barn. So I think like Blake Bortles <laughs> might be able to actually hit him. Um, you know, <laughs> we're not going to see that, that garbage time offense. Like we saw in the past. That's not this, this Jacksonville team anymore. That's, that's an elite defense. Uh, they might have some of those crazy high scoring games. Like we randomly saw in the playoffs against Pittsburgh, but I don't think that's the norm. I think that's an absolute outlier. As far as the wide receivers go, uh, I want it to be DD Westbrook and whomever else uh however i don't think that's going to be the case i, I do like dd you know, former Boletnikov winner and then obviously a, a high-end talent but um i think keelan cole i think he i think he impressed them last year and i, I really think that they're going to turn back to him i think he makes a lot of sense there i like nathan's take with dj chark having having a pretty high uh yards per target number whether that's relevant or not uh, i think he's going to be a big splash play guy and and like you said, Eric, take the top off the defense, whether it's consistent or not. Uh, I think that's his role for It'll sure. It'll be really tough to start him week to week. Like, yeah, he's, no, he's going to be one of those guys that's like in best ball all day, but it's going to be real tough until he gets something, until he gets something going, or at least like a rapport built that, like, yeah, you'll feel comfortable with him. Right, just just like how we talk about, like we just talked about Mike Wallace, like how we always talked about Deshaun Jackson. I think I think DJ Chark can be one of those kind of guys. Uh, and I think the rest of everyone is just kind of going to be hit and miss. It, it's I think it's going to be kind of a gross, sloppy situation. I think a, uh, ASJ might be the only constant. I think Leonard Fournette is going to be the constant. Uh, I think they're going to lean on him heavily, as, as they've said. They said last year. They're saying this year, running is going to be their game, and then they're going to beat everyone on defense. So. Uh, aside from that, I, I don't know that I'm really buying anyone. If I can still get an ASJ for a decent price, maybe, but he seems so inflated right now that I don't well, know I, that I can. You might still be able to sneak one by for Westbrook or Cole right now. Um, I mean, the person owning them probably feels slightly better, but I, I don't think their value is overly inflated. Real quick, maybe let's just run through valuations and let's answer the question. I guess Nathan, with Marquis Lee injured for the year, now's the time when his value plummets. Is this the time to go by Lee? Um, and then at the same time, what are your valuations for Chark right now, for Westbrook, and for Cole if you're trying to buy? Okay, trying to buy uh, Moncrief uh, third, Chark, I. I'd pay, you know, mid-second. Uh, Westbrook, I'd pay a third. Cole, I'd pay a late second. I think that seems pretty much right on par. Honestly, yeah. that, that all makes sense to me. And I, I think I think I'd probably throw Marquise Lee right into the mix of all of that. I don't know that his price was crazy high to begin with. Everyone just kind of no. seemed meh on him. It, it, so I, I think if you're going to go buy him, I think he returns as their top option. Uh, I mean, again, we, he just signed that extension. He, so he's going, he's going to be there, uh, whether they reinvest at the position or not. Um, what, I think what, is, a good what do you trade. think you can get for him? Like a four? Like you think you could pay like a fourth right now to a? I think you could throw a third at someone that's just like get him off my team. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have IR spots to use in this whatever. So people are probably going to be like, oh, I'm gonna stash him for now. But I mean, throw throw a package of picks like Nathan likes to do at someone for an IR player, and a lot of times they take it. Or throw somebody in that might have mediocre production um, with a limited profile, and I don't know, do what you can do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Go ahead, Nathan. No, go, go ahead. You just right. go to the read. Yeah, yeah. Of course I'll go to the read, Nathan. Uh, and I'll tell you guys about our sponsor now for two weeks, and that's RotoQL. Uh, if you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league, Nathan, and I know you do, well, then you need to look no further and download the SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends, that's us, and your rivals, that's us, this year. <laughs> uh, SquadQL recommends the best starting lineups for each week based on your starters, bench, players, free agent pool. You may ask us, how does SquadQL actually work? The app connects you directly to the Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling your actual roster and your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations. Plus, the app gives you player rankings each week. It's all based on your individual league setting. Uh, and and I don't think they have Debbie Nathan, so I'm sorry to hear that. SquadQL truly is your go-to app. 
for fantasy football this season. Head to squadql.com and download squadql. You're all in one fantasy football manager. Squadql is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for at both Apple and Android wherever apps are found. I think the internet is where they're actually found, believe it or not. Thank you, Grant. <laughs> All right, let's move into the back half of our players here. Uh, we've got, um, well, Nathan, since you might have to leave us here shortly, what do you want to talk about? Well, let's just get the Sony Michelle takes out here before I peace out. Uh, so, Sony Michelle back at practice on Monday of this week. And this was kind of a situation where people were hesitant to draft him in, in redraft leagues this past weekend and the last couple of weekends because he hasn't really been practicing lately. And, of course, the, oh, Bill Belichick well, can be flaky with running backs sort of thing. Yep. But as I am draft capital till the day I die, I, I do think that Michelle does have, like, one of the wider range of outcomes of running backs this season. I think that, yes, he could end up in the doghouse for being injured or, you know, just not getting the carries that, you know, a first-round pick normally would. Or he end up, ends up being the RB1 and Rex Burkhead ends up being uh, rather irrelevant. So, I mean, I would be buying if anyone is selling for like a late first right now, which maybe some people are that – I mean, not even a late first, uh, late first equivalent value because most people are gonna, aren't going to just, you know, move back a year with the pick. But um, that's kind of the time, type of investment I'd want to make with Michelle. Uh, you know, just one of those – when it comes to preseason injuries, rookies are some of the best to buy because, like, you kind of panic, like, oh, what's the coaching staff going to think? You know, injuries, yada, yada, yada. So I, I do think Michelle is a good buy right now. Yeah, he – and I'll just specify, he hasn't yet been given the all-clear kind of build to build on what Nathan's building or saying here. Like, he's still not cleared to play, but – um, but he is back in practice, which is promising. Um, one thing I will say is I own a lot of Michelle's. Holy crap, Nathan is dead. <laughs> uh, I, own, I own a lot of Michelle. Um, that's because he was kind of I, – I took him as my 102 anytime I had the opportunity, and many times I didn't have to. I ended up taking him at the 111 in one league. That, granted, it was a super flex league. Uh, ended up taking him at the 105 in several leagues that people weren't just buying him. So I own him in a lot of places. I'm not going to be selling him. And I did just get a trade offer in a league, Dan, for his, or I'm sorry, for my Sony Michelle for his, and wait for it, Larry Fitzgerald. So it's a hard pass for me. Um, <laughs> and just to give you the idea of kind of what's going on, I think the word is out on going out and buying Michelle, but it's certainly worth a try. Um, and if you're a Michelle owner and you're panicking because your player might miss three weeks of the first year of his, of his career, like OBJ dude, OBJ, it'll be fine. If you believed in the talent prior, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> That's amazing. Someone offered you Larry Fitzgerald. I literally declined it during the show and I've only been on the show <laughs> for like 10 minutes. So, that's that's perfect honestly um so th- when we get to when we get to this new england garbage i i'm always very very fearful uh whether there's draft capital or not transcendent talent or not anytime new england drafts a running back or a wide receiver i'm mostly out of the picture i yep. I, I am pretty much a hard avoid um and i do like sonny michelle i i love him at georgia and i think I think he is a very, very good running back. I just don't trust New England. And I think, honestly, and, and I didn't want to say this because I have hated Rex Burkhead forever, but I think Rex Burkhead has a sort of Deion Lewis resurgence year, uh, and then maybe they move on from him um, after that and then give Sony the, the reins. Uh, I think that I that's just, so crazy. You're, I mean, again, I, I understand. I understand I the narrative. Yeah, I understand the narrative, but he is a first round draft pick running back that Bill Belichick selected. He's he's not selected. Bill Belichick's not just selecting players for fun. He's like going to run him into the ground. And I think this is where the <laughs> this is where the pitfalls exist for for dynasty is like this narrative's been built up for and it's almost the same narrative as like the Cleveland Browns are super bad. They're not gonna be that good. There's not gonna be points there. And all we talk about every week on this show is the freaking Cleveland Browns. Uh, but this is the exact same thing where it's like running backs are so frustrating. Wide receivers are so frustrating that I, I'm not so convinced that this is that case. Um, and maybe I'll eat my words, but I, I, unless he starts fumbling, I think that's the only way Michelle finds his way off the field. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to like full on bench him. I just don't think it's going to be consistent usage leading to, you know, the touches. I, I just, 
I find it hard to believe, even though he is a first round pick and obviously, yes, Bill Belichick did draft him. I, it's a new England way, man. They, they just, they don't do it. They put him in the mix and they go with whatever they feel like. They didn't even go hot hand. If someone, cause we could be playing miserably and you're still going to be out there as long as you don't put the football on the turf. So I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm backed away from the situation. Uh, if I'm offered a good price, like a late first, which again, like we talked about before Nathan died, um, I just, I don't see it happening in any real leagues, maybe offering production for, uh, again, offering production for an injured player is kind of the way to go. If you don't need said player, if you're rebuilding, now's the time to go buy any of these guys that have hit the IR, whether it's Tony Michelle, whether it's Marquise Lee, whether it's Hunter Henry, any of those guys, even if you don't like them, their value is lower right now. Um, again, Sonny Michelle's not on the IR, but he's, oh, but I mean, that's the, but there's like fear. I mean, it is, I, I, I do equate it. And I, I, I said it kind of jokingly earlier, but this is the OBJ effect where yep. everybody believed in the dude when they drafted him. And then he sat out the first, what, seven weeks, eight weeks of the Just preseason, failed. six weeks, whatever it was, sat out that short period of time and then exploded. And all these people had already dumped him. It, it was, it was one of the more unbelievable things to see. Like, and again, I, I always say it like people in dynasty have an amazingly short memories and an, an, an amazingly low amount of patience for a game that's played for, for freaking ever. It never ends. Uh, we're going to be playing this game. We're 80 Dan, maybe <laughs> I won't be alive that long. Yeah. All right. Like, well, that's sad. Can... Well, you know, 80th reunion of, uh, of the trade cast. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Okay. Well, well, let's, let's just real quick talk about valuation of Michelle. I'll just start and say, I still think Michelle is, I mean, if you give me a middle of the road first next year, or even like a ran- any random first, I would do all freaking day. And a, ran- a random first and a random second, I would do um, if the player looks like he's going to have a medium. I mean, basically, if I'm able to get any right now, I still think his valuation is like the 102 in leagues of up from last year's valuation. So if I'm able to beat that right now, I'm all over buying Michelle. And okay, you are. Well- Nobody's doing that. Right. No, no one's doing that. Um, well, let's let's go down a different path and let's talk maybe some players. Um, who would you prefer here? So we'll we'll always have Michelle be the constant. Yes. Uh, Jarvis Landry. I would prefer Landry. Adam Thielen. Push. Golden Tate. I would prefer Michelle. Rashad Penny. I would prefer Michelle, as I just mentioned earlier. Brandon Cooks. Oh man, I, I'm starting to really <laughs> like Cooks. Um, that's also that's, a push. that's probably the break even for me. I, yeah, I don't think I can push on that. For me. So um, you you like Penny more than him then? No, I'm just going. I'm just looking at ADP and looking at guys that are kind of uh, around him. Uh, I, I don't. I see. I still have all of those guys in that same bubble right after Saquon. I think. I think even Ronald Jones is in that mix as much as no, it seems like he's Dirk not in that mix. Because Dirk Hedder is the worst coach left in the NFL right next <laughs> to Adam Kate. Uh, Marvin Lewis, Hugh Jackson. All those guys are going to be fired here soon. So I, I just, I have a really tough time with that grouping. I, I still think, uh, I think maybe we passed over Nick Chubb too quickly. I think, yes. we, I think he, I think he's got a clean path to bell cow touches, uh, even yes. with Duke Johnson there. I mean, I, I completely agree on on Chubb, who's another player that I tend to have on all my teams at this point. So Michelle and Chubb were the two players at the at the front end of this draft that I somehow managed to end up with all of. Um, yeah. That's just because I think I valued them higher than everybody else. Um, okay, let's go ahead and pivot, unless you had anything else there. Pivot. Pivot. Um, okay, so we have uh, Alfred Morris getting signed by his boy in San Francisco, uh, the only productive years that he ever had under Mr. Shanahan himself. Uh, wait, I have that right. Yes, yes. No, Gruden. Gruden. No, Shanahan. I am right. No, no, Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, why am I? Conf- why I'm mixing up my coaches here? Uh, but yeah, the only time he was ever productive with the Skins uh, that one year, and I believe, and Nathan would probably correct me if I'm wrong, that Alfred Morris was like creeping into the second round of startups at a certain point because he was young, talented, and uh, and and looked like a bell cow. Um, womp womp for those picks. Uh, they can go right with Trent no, Richardson. The only womp womp there was was all my womp womps for Roy Halu. Oh, <laughs> I I always started at Roy Halu in uh, in uh, 
<laughs> in a daily fantasy lineup that that game he scored three TDs and I literally got trash talked by a guy for beating him heads up and starting Roy Lou. It was like the greatest moment of my entire life. Me and my buddy both did it and we're high fiving each other at the bar. Uh, okay, does this move the needle? I'll just cut to the point here. Does that does that move the needle? Does the Morris signing move the needle at all for McKinnon for you? I mean, the McKinnon injury concern is a little concerning. I guess I guess give me the read of the room again. Remember, we're playing Dynasty Dan. No needles have been moved in the making of this show. Um, I, I don't see him affecting. Uh, I don't see him affecting McKinnon in any way. Uh, I do, however, see him affecting whatever Matt Breida, Joe Williams, uh, well, RIP the values, whatever his name is. Um, I think I think we see Alfred get those change of pace touches. Honestly, I, I think I think Shanahan trusts him, and I think he's still a good enough football player. He's not explosive. He's not going to beat you. He's not going to beat you to the edge ever. He's not going to catch any passes over your head. But he's a solid Board football player. Um, right or at all, you know, he does have all. those hands um, made of stone. I mean, I'm not quite as convinced that it has that story to tell. I mean, it definitely doesn't move the needle for me, but I'm not even sure it's an indictment on Brita, who's also injured. I think that this is a pure insurance policy uh, by the Niners. But what uh, an insurance I, policy for Kyle Shanahan to get literally his boy? No, I, I understand that Shanahan loves his boy. I'm just saying that that. And maybe he makes the roster because of that, but I do not think that they like, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe it's an indictment on Joe Williams. Who knows? I mean, that guy's probably already, you know, indicted and again. taken away. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a player. It's a player that doesn't move the needle for me. And, and again, if you have Brita, I'm not super concerned about it um, or any of those running backs underneath. Again, I wouldn't really advise that, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure that, Morris has value in redraft, let alone in dynasty. Yeah, no, it's it's a stretch for sure to to find any path to to meaningful touches. But uh, I think I think unless unless everyone comes back week one fully healthy, ready to go, um, Alfred's just kind of there. And again, like yes. you said, in insurance policy, I, I don't think we see a ton, but there's potential. But that's that's not really a great thing to work on. Yeah, Stashing I mean, running backs. Jimmy G can't proposition. dump off to him. He can't. Like it's not yeah. going to happen. Right. So he's 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 a he's a what is a first and second down back. Worst like best case scenario if he finds the field, which he's not going to do. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on to somebody else who's probably not going to see the field. And Ryan Switzer was traded to the Steelers uh, to be what their eleventh wide receiver on this team. Is that what I'm looking at? I think this is more of a we need to not let Antonio Brown receive punts or kicks anymore. Yeah, um, I knew, yeah that's probably exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> because, I mean, Ryan Switzer is an explosive special teams guy. He's a really good slot wide receiver. Uh, I think this is a smart move. I think they got him for very cheap. I think he's an actual good football player. So yes. uh, if you have any uh, kick return, punt return leagues, sneaky buy. He's gonna get. He's gonna be on the field. He's gonna have those yards. He's not gonna get any actual offensive yards, but he'll be out there for special teams. Yeah, I mean, this is just. I mean, yeah, you're. You're. I think your read there is exactly right. He's an explosive special teams player, and I mean, I just don't know that there's more to say about it than that. I just see literally no scenario where he has a significant amount of touches. Is a long term dynasty player, and he's a guy that on the Cowboys. I really thought was a sneaky play to like take over Cole Beasley's spot. And man, did that fall flat on his face? That was a bad idea by me. But uh, uh, mm-hmm. the fact that he's been traded three teams um, in the last year probably has the writing on the wall for his dynasty value. So if you're able to get anything for him, Godspeed. May you go get anything <laughs> at all. If somebody reads the blurbs every day and is like, ooh, traded to the Steelers, maybe um, by all means get a fourth round pick for him. That's amazing. Very um, amazing. Yeah, that would be great. Like, tweet at us if you got a fourth round pick for your Switzer. Uh, that would be we'll we'll send you a digital high five for sure. We'll mention you on next week's show if you did it and you can prove it. <laughs> it's a goat trade right there. That's not a trash can emoji trade. We're gonna get like thirty ads here this week about people trading for Ryan Switzer with like ninth round. Like, no, I said fourth. I said fourth. If you come at me with a ninth round, you will not make the show, listeners. You will not. Uh, okay, this is a, this is way too much time. This actually be, might be the most time any podcast ever has spent on Ryan Switzer. So let's go ahead true. and pivot on to the You're next. Right? God, if you don't get the Friends reference, I'm sorry ahead of time. We are. If you get it, you're probably laughing every time. But 
If not, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, and I apologize. It, it's just kind of become my shtick. Every time Eric says it, I have no. to follow up with it. I just, I love it. I love it. it I do easy. not do not apologize. We are not apologizing for this. No, Go right. watch Friends. Not. It's terrific. It's literally on at all hours of the day. You can find it on any television channel. Just watch it for Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> not bad. Courtney Cox also not bad. Okay, let's get <laughs> off of women and move on to <gasps> wow aggressive. Doug Baldwin, um, and that is uh, he is uh, close to returning for the Seahawks. And what our expectation is for the Seahawks passing game? I'll just start this by saying it's doo doo. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> um, yeah, and not having Doug Baldwin could potentially hurt Russell Wilson's uh, fantasy upside. And I have him basically T one with Aaron Rodgers for this year. So. Uh, it's a little bit concerning. Really, um, you, I, have I, you have him. You have him as the first. You have him as the overall number one quarterback this year, tied with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Dude, I, I, yeah. I, I like I like the leg. I like the leg. Uh, like his legs creating a floor for him as much as the next guy, but I do not see that. That's like having Dak Prescott as the number one overall. Hey, you calm it, down. A slightly more talented Dak Prescott. That is. So the issue for me here is I already didn't like Doug Baldwin. Uh, he's way too hit and miss. He's He scores the majority of his points in like a third of the games he plays during the season. And it's a consistent, it's a consistent output going all the way back to 2016. Um, I've got a whole string of tweets about it. If you want to go find that's that's at FF Dynasty Dan. You can just search Doug Baldwin. It'll be there, I promise. You can also um, search on the internet. That's FF Salamander. It, yes. It'll just go ahead and pop right up for you. <laughs> he's, he's very inconsistent. And now having to deal with an injury, I think that'll only hurt the situation. So moving beyond Doug Baldwin, you have a whole lot of either no names or doo-doo. Uh, Amara Darbo is someone that I've been really high on uh, throughout the process for however many years he's been in the league now. It's been like nine, it seems like. I think it's really only like three, maybe two. Um, but he's got really big red zone um, potential, honestly. I, I think I think we see him get some work, whether Baldwin's there or not. I think we see Tyler Lockett potentially have a mini breakout, not necessarily a full-on breakout, because I think we do all expect Doug Baldwin to be out there in some capacity. Yes. Um, and we still, I don't know that we really know if Tyler Lockett's any good. He's either been hurt or been special teams or just been kind of out there. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. And beyond that, I mean, there's just nothing. Nothing. I mean, yeah, it's Tyler Lockett is a guy that is like I'm mildly interested in in that passing game, but it's it's going to be a brutal year, I have a feeling. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, like I said, if you own Russell Wilson earlier, that there's there's really he's not going to have a bad season just because he creates so much by, by on his legs. Even Cam Newton is it's an excellent example of that. Is like he's always going to be providing you production, even if he has a bad football year, he's going to give you a good fantasy year. And that's kind of what I expect from Wilson this year. I do not have him as my number one this year, Dan. That is a, that is hot take city. I had him no longer. Oh, okay. he's up there. He's up there. He's still top three to five. Um, but I, I thought, I honestly thought that Seattle would make an attempt at improving their offense. They, they didn't. No, they really, they really didn't. I mean, there's, it is, it's just devoid of pass catcher. Uh, ugh, devoid of pass catchers. Is Nick Vanette the answer? We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Probably Ooh, dump on not. Central, maybe a little CJ Procise action. Let's go. I mean, again, that would make you guys very, very happy on CJ because you've been tr- trying to make fetch happen here for two years now, and it has not yet. Uh, that is a Mean Girls reference, by the way, for everybody Got out there one. playing. Got one. Um, yeah. What, what, what about Brandon Marshall? As no. a player that's sneakier for a contending team, nothing. You think he's deceased? No. Mm-hmm. Full on. Dead. I actually see a world where he has value this year. Um, but maybe for like three games before he gets hurt, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you can get that guy for free, and that's I don't know if you have Brandon Marshall, go trade him because uh, he's still got name value, and you can probably <laughs> probably get a fourth for him. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. There's that much more to say about this. There's just. There's just nothing here. Um, it's unfortunate. But this is a Mike Davis free zone now that Nathan's gone. Dan, do we want to just talk up Mike Davis as a potential pass catching <laughs> option? And really, No, I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. 
Oh, man, the Dynasty Tradecast turns into the Mike Davis show. <laughs> the second Nathan leaves. Uh, I'll make the picture of this episode, Mike Davis. That should put him on tilt. That'll be well, when, I mean, when Nathan's here, all we talk about is the Cleveland Browns. So it's... I'm with you. He makes he makes all the agendas that, that only feature the Cleveland Browns. What I will say is we did not talk about the Cleveland Browns today, other than me bringing up the Cleveland Browns in the second half of this show. I kind of brought up Nick Chubb for a second, and I kind of felt bad about it. I, I, we shouldn't have gone there, and we did. Yeah. And now we're just rambling. Yeah, let's go ahead and give our takes on Josh Gordon. Do- no, I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. <laughs> We're not going to do it this episode. <laughs> um, all right. Well, since I missed the beginning of the show, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that I don't know how it went. Um, but I'm It went very it. well. I did the ad read very professionally. Nathan didn't talk very much, and it all sounded great. That's all right. I'm going to go back and listen to it, and be, it's just going to be like hissing owls at each other. <laughs> and I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> okay. Well, if you love hissing owls and the Dynasty Trade Cast, make sure you rate and review the show. Uh, Five star rating and reviews are always appreciated. It helps other listeners find us. I know this is the time of year that you don't want anybody to find us, but please, it helps us. Uh, it helps support us for what we do. Make sure you go check out the Rotoviz Patreon. That that helps us as well. Um, and I think that's all we've got for the show. Do you have anything else for us here, Dan? I think I have to throw in a kadoosh just Ugh. because. Ugh. Oh, All right, we're out of here. We are just rambling at this point. Also, (laughs) check out our sponsor, RotoQL and uh, SquadQL. uh, Awesome services that should help you this season. Uh, For Nathan, Dan, and myself, we are out of here. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.